0: Hello and welcome. My name is Alanda Carter and I am the Recovering Hunbot. This is season one, episode five of Hey Hun, You Woke Up. This podcast is brought to you on 10 different podcast platforms, including Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google, and Anchor. The video version is on YouTube. If you would like to support me and anti-MLM content that I create, you can do so through my Patreon. There'll be a link to that in the description. There are three tiers, and they're all very reasonable, ranging from a dollar to ten dollars per month, and literally any amount helps. (laughs) And if you are listening to me via anchor, you can donate to me and help me continue to up my game and all that sort of stuff via listener support. Today's guest is the MLM Police. She joined Unique, and what really drew her in was the Unique Foundation. However, her research into the foundation is also. What Opened Her Eyes About Unique. Glad to have you here. So welcome and thank you for joining me. And so today we are going to discuss your foray into Unique. And um, I know your actual name is Courtney, so I'll be referring to you as Courtney. But you do have your Twitter handle. If I can talk, your Twitter handle is the MLM Police. And that's also your handle for um, Instagram. And you have a Facebook page. Is that correct?
1: Yep. Same handle for everything. And
0: you have a website as well, right?
1: Yes, I have two, actually. (laughs) Um, I have a uh, WordPress, the MLM Police WordPress, and then we have our website, americansagainstmlms.com. Okay, great.
0: I'll put links to those in the description. So go ahead and tell me a bit about you know, how you joined Unique, why you joined Unique, um, how you even discovered Unique, because I, I'm sure you didn't wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm going to join an MLM. Yeah.
1: I'm like, this place has a really weird name. I think I'll join it. <laughs> um, no, I, um, I had this, I guess, friend, old acquaintance that I ne- didn't really talk to anymore. We had, like, we actually had not talked in like two years and she reaches out to me on Facebook messenger with the typical, uh, copy paste message. Uh, I'm like, Hey girl. And she, and she like mentioned my profile picture, how nice it was. <laughs> and uh, she did literally like, she hit like every, everything. Like if we had a bingo card, she would have, we would have gotten the bingo. Um, she was, but she, um, she's like, yeah, have you heard of unique? And I was like, no. (laughs) And uh, she's like, Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a makeup company. And you can be your own boss. And you know, it's, you have a chance to own your own business and without having to pay a huge upfront fee. And I, I was like, I was like, this is one of those like home party things. And like, because at the time, I didn't really know a lot about MLMs. I didn't know that they were, like, such a problem. Like, and um, so I just, I was just like, eh, no, I think I'm good. I don't want to pay to try to make money. <laughs> and uh, and she was like, oh, okay. And she kind of let it go. And then a couple of days later, she messages me again. <laughs> the (laughs) follow-up yeah you know because no means not right now (laughs) um but um so I went ahead and ignored her next couple of messages (laughs) and um because she just like messaged me with the same stuff and like she's like I just really think you'd be really good at this and I was just like, yeah, I'm not really interested, and I, so finally, like, which I never should have done, I don't know what I was thinking, like, a week later, I felt bad about not, like, responding to her message, so I messaged her back, and I was just like, hey, yeah, I've been busy, and, um, I just saw your messages, and so she just, you know, she got back into spiel, and, um, she, she was uh, she was very pushy about it um which is funny because i never saw her as like a salesy person like that at all um but i was just like you know i'm just i'm not gonna pay a hundred dollars to try to make money like i said it again and she's like oh i'll pay for your kit <laughs> and i was like crap <laughs> And uh, okay, let
0: me ask you this: Was she what do you know what level she was within unique during this time?
1: Oh, she was very new to unique. She, um, because there is like I think she was yellow status at the time because there's white and yellow and then the joys. Um, okay, as I was
0: saying, it goes white. <laughs> Then yellow, then pink, and then there's
1: like blue and purple and black. Yeah, there's blue, the and then there's green, and purple, and then like three levels of black, I think.
0: Yeah. Okay, and so she, um, was, she was fairly new to the whole
1: thing. Yeah, she hadn't been there long, and I believe I was like her first person that she was able to recruit. Okay. Um. Yeah, so she ended up paying for my starter kit, and um, which I later found out is, like, against their, like, policies and procedures, like, manual thing. Um, but, uh, me, you know, who interrupts you right there? Because
0: what you're saying is not unique to unique. Because, like, in Beachbody, people will to get their rank or to hold their rank or to move up. They'll get like kind of fake accounts, like their husband, their cousin, their sister, somebody joining. Oh Oh yeah. So it looks like you are ranking up, but it is in fact it's all built on a lie. In fact, there was a, mm. a team that just went elite based on doing that. Oh jeez. Yeah. So not uncommon for someone to like, oh, I'll do this. I'll do this, building it in a fake way. And so you get yeah. your, you get your starter kit. So you're you're all ready to go with your new starter kit.
1: Yeah. Well, I um, I had uh, had gotten shipped to my dad's house, and so I didn't go over to my dad's house to get it for like two weeks. <laughs> I just didn't care. <laughs> um, and so I eventually, when I got it, and I like took it home, and I was just kind of going through it, and I was, I was, I remember like. I actually I'm surprised I remember it so vividly because this was back in 2017, but I remember like pulling out the mascara and it's like the two-step mascara and I was like, oh, this looks terrifying <laughs> <laughs> and way too time consuming. Right? Um, yeah, and um yeah, so I just kind of set it aside and then um it began. <laughs> The, um, they wanted me to do a Facebook Live unboxing of my kit. And I was like, oh, maybe. I didn't end up doing it. I just ghosted them. <laughs> um, and uh, but then it, the craziness kind of began after that. I got added to like so many Facebook groups and group chats on Facebook Messenger and, like, just constantly, like, they were all, like, blowing up. And they, like, wanted you to, like, be in them, like, all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, right away, they start talking about sponsoring. Like, they didn't waste any time. <laughs> um
0: or how you like really don't know anything about the company or the products you don't have anything figured out about like gee how am i going to do this you, you have no business plan you don't have jack and now go out and recruit
1: yeah um and um you know it's like i uh, very shortly after i started i found out about their unique foundation retreat and um I would say that's about when um, the brainwashing started for me. I wasn't, I wasn't like it in the beginning. I mean, I'm sure you can tell by my story so far. (laughs) Um, I just, I wasn't like the typical, like all in, you know, like super brainwashed, like, Oh my God, Derek, I love you. (laughs) Um, But because I am a, I guess, victim of childhood sexual abuse, Um, the fact that they had this great story to go along with the Unique Foundation and, um, they said that it was the entire reason that they actually started Unique was to fund the foundation and they just, it was very much, like, part of, like, Unique and, um, it was talked about a lot and so I guess that really pulled on my heartstrings and, I hey, was like, like, "What is
0: the unique foundation?" Because I know what it is. I know you know what it is, but we might be having people, you know, listening or watching, and they're not going to have a clue what the unique foundation is. So, explain what that okay. is.
1: Um, the unique foundation is a nonprofit slash charity. Um, it is for um, women that were sexually abused under the age of eighteen. Um, adults aren't allowed to attend it. And what it is, is you attend a four day retreat up in the mountains in Utah. Um, and they have activities, um, throughout the day or throughout the days, um, little, uh, as they think, um, things that will help you heal, but we'll get into that later. (laughs) Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, it was very much talked about and how important it was, and it was just the very like core of you know unique and everything that stands for. And so, you know, I was just like, wow, this is really great. There are still decent people out there, like nice human beings that care about other people, and they're doing this out of like the goodness of their heart. And it, like, gave me, a like, hope for it. <laughs> you know? <humorous. laughs> and I was, like, oh, that was just really great. And so I was sold on it. And um, that's, that's when it all began, when uh, I started spending a lot of money. <laughs> so did you spend money every month getting the kudos? Because the
0: kudos are, like, these little makeup bundles where you get mascara this whatever it
1: changes every month yeah it's supposed to be a discounted bundle but it's usually like like 13% or something like that Um, it might have changed by now but it was a very small percentage off um but yeah it was just a little bundle and they had a different bundle every month and um, you were very much expected to get it I I shouldn't say expected because yeah, you were expected. Encouraged. encouraged <laughs> Highly encouraged. Encouraged, and they said that if we didn't have the kudos, then we couldn't share it with people because we don't sell products; we share the products that we love.
0: Oh, so if you were missing in some of the products, you couldn't you can't, share that. Yeah, can't and, talk about. Got to show. Got to be a product of the product. Got to show you're
1: using them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I bought them every month and they weren't cheap either. They were like usually around like 80 bucks, like every month. Were you spending on
0: anything else other than, you know, getting for the makeup? Did you have any other fees or did you get business cards or a website or I don't know, go to, go somewhere and set up a little booth? I mean, what did you do in terms of like trying to draw people to
1: you? Um, In terms of trying to draw people to me, um, I didn't do very much. Um, I I did what they told me to do, which was post a million times a day on Facebook. And, like, a certain time of the day, I would have engagement posts. And another time of the day, I would try to draw them in and be like, Hey, what are you having for dinner tonight? Or something to that extent, you know, to make them engage, you know, to get my algorithms working. <laughs> oh. It sounds all too familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, then they start then they told me, like, they would just like drop these little bombs on me, like the longer I was there. <laughs> and they'd be like, Oh, you need to be um friend request mate um friend requesting 10 people a day and I was like okay um I was like yes so where uh... do you find these people to friend request just random people oh gosh I'm trying to remember um well since we were supposed to have all of our like all of our um Facebook posts, you know, public, and they wanted our page to represent unique, basically,
0: your profile or your business page. Oh,
1: no, my profile. Okay. Yeah, they encouraged me to um, keep it on my personal profile. Okay. Um. But um, gosh, what was it? Um. I forgot. <laughs> Um, they would, like, have, like, little, little, like, um, contests and, like, different things where you would engage in people and oh you'd be like, oh, you need to message 15 people on your friends list. Or some days they would be like, message every single female that is on your Facebook Messenger and um, ask them if um, they will let you post, um, something on their, uh, Facebook. Oh my. And yeah. Um, did you do that? I don't think I did. There was like a lot of things that, well, first of all, I'm not a salesy person by any means. Um, and I, I'm just like a, I'm not a bullshitter, you know? And, um, a lot of it made me really uncomfortable, but then at the same time I was like brainwashed by the almighty Messiah, Derek. Um, so (laughs) Derek is is the CEO of Unique. Um, and so I would (laughs) like, I would post like a Facebook, uh, Facebook posts, and there was like a couple members of my family that I felt kind of embarrassed about them seeing it. So I would like, I would like do it where you can set your friends list to like, you can edit the settings so certain people don't see. it <laughs> And uh, but I did like I I knew my sister would totally like say something, my older sister, and like just like call me out on it because how she is. And so I just like said it so she couldn't see any of it. <laughs>
0: So were were you able to create a team Were you, you know, did you recruit people underneath you?
1: I only ended up recruiting one person and I had, I had a real issue with recruiting people. It it was, it felt, it it didn't feel genuine to me. And this is not my style. And I They were asking me to go and find someone and um, talk them into paying for a $99, like, kit to join the, you know, company. And basically, if they didn't say, if they said no, then I would keep bugging them and bugging them and bugging them until they said yes. The fortunes and the follow-up. And it it just felt so forced. and. So I really I didn't really do it. Um I I did end up recruiting one person though. She was a uh, friend from high school. And uh I was just like, Hey, do you wanna join unique? Like I didn't pitch her like anything. And uh she's like she's like, Oh, I would. Um sounds cool, whatever. Um but I'm really low on money right now. And I was like, well, I'll pay for your kit. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds vaguely familiar. (laughs) And um, yeah, so I paid for her kit and she joined and she never ended up selling a single thing. And um, you can imagine how my uh, sponsor felt about that. She was not happy. Both went on. Oh, there we are. Stop. were you able to sell products? I sold a couple, but uh, they were just just to like uh, like acquaintances and like friends or family. And actually, every single one of the products I sold, every single person returned it because really? they were unhappy with it. <laughs> yeah, they did not like the product. Well, I'll
0: tell you that three D mascara because I got that from my friend and I mean talk about a pain in the butt. It's like I just need something simple. This is too much. Got to put that uh, way too much.
1: Yeah, like um, like two people got it and they're both their both their both like uh, mascara bottles were completely dried out. Wow. Yeah. Um, great products. And it just like me ended up making me feel really bad. And I was like, Well, I kind of really pushed them by a product, and then they get the product, and they don't really get the product. <laughs> so it's all dried out.
0: But you were you were drawn in more by not the products, not the opportunity, but the fact that they had this foundation that supposedly was to help people who had gone through childhood sexual abuse. That was something that was speaking to you. That's kind of, is that what like kept you um, in the groove, so to speak, keeping you in the MLM is because of that and that maybe you'd be able to help people with that?
1: Um, I mean, it was definitely part of it. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I was sold on these products. They told me that the products were high-end and I believed them. <laughs> i didn't know a lot about makeup at the time um and if you had handed me like two um two different makeup products like completely like quality wise opposite of each other um i wouldn't know which one was high end and which one wasn't and um but they said you did not need to know anything about makeup to join (laughs) so You never need to know
0: anything about
1: any of this
0: to join and to make a go of it. That's, that's the common thread.
1: Yeah. So I bought into the whole, these are high quality products and that's why they're so expensive. And to be honest, that, that made sense to me. I was like, well, the high price point, like you're getting a good, high quality product. And I'm like, that's why it's so expensive. And and they would tout it as, like, an investment.
0: Mm. Investment into makeup?
1: Into a high-quality makeup? An investment into your skin care. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow.
0: Yeah. So, okay, yeah they, did they have the Uology line then that they have now?
1: No, they had, like, it was called, like, Royalty. Yeah, it was... It was skincare line was called like royalty something um at the time um and so i felt the need to like the longer i was there the more i got sucked in and just into the whole thing and you know because there's all these females like around you like super excited and pumped you know about the company and the CEO and how great they are and, you know, the mission first company. And so I started to buy into it. I, I, I don't see myself as someone that like easily gets brainwashed. And so the fact that I got brainwashed, I feel like that really speaks volumes. Well, you know, it's so
0: interesting that you say that because all the
1: tactics,
0: now that I'm examining everything very critically, they're also very subtle. There's so many different layers happening that you wouldn't just pick up, you know? I mean, I didn't pick up on things, but now in retrospect, when I, you know, lift the hood and I start looking at it, I'm like, oh, holy crap. There's a lot going on here, a lot. And I, I think that's some of the issue that when people leave, and, and I understand people are bitter, people, you know, um, there's shame, there's blame, there's guilt, there's, there's all of these emotions. But, you know, unlike, say, a battered woman or something, after you've been battered by an MLM, there's nowhere to go and heal. You're kind of like left on your own or to be with other people. And then you're with other people who are equally bitter. And, you know, it's like we're all bitter now together. We were all happy. Now we're bitter. So I I think that's really a problem overall psychologically is for, I don't think people know how to deal with the aftermath. Because I don't think they realize what they have been through.
1: Yeah, and two years ago, it was very different. It was if you left an MLM company, um, when I started doing the anti MLM in a little over two years ago, if you left, like you knew that you could not speak up about it because you would get bullied and harassed and probably get a cease and desist order or get sued. And that's why, um, that's why now there's so many um, anti-MLM advocates that are um, under like weird social media names, um, you know, secretive names, is because they were terrified of getting sued and outed. And I guess I just didn't give a shit. <laughs> and I just let my voice be heard. And I guess I was mad as hell. And so I was just, I was going to be vocal about it. And well, let's but... talk
0: about how, how you, um you discovered that this foundation was not everything they said it was. And what led you to become a voice?
1: Well, um, while I was still with Unique, I um, I decided that I was going to, going to apply to attend the um, four-day uh, retreat in, in the mountains. Um, and so I did. And after I submitted the application, which I don't know why I didn't do it before, but I like decided to like research more about the foundation after I submitted the application to them. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking.
0: That's not interesting.
1: Yeah. And I guess it's just because they made it like sound so good and um, so I don't know. But anyway, so after I submitted the application, I was just like, I'm big on like researching and kind of going down rabbit holes and stuff. And uh so I went to their website and was just trying to find like everything possible, just find out like all the details about it. And at this point, like my researching wasn't wasn't because something fell off. It was more of curiosity, like, ooh, I wanna find out more about this, you know, this sounds really neat. Well, I noticed that they had hardly any information on the website. They didn't have any information about the location, except for it's in the mountains, <laughs> which doesn't tell you a whole lot. They didn't have a picture of what this place looks like. They didn't have an address. They didn't give details about it. They didn't give details about the staff and what, um, like, You know, what if they're, like, actual, like, counselors or psychologists or, you know, they're, like, certified to work in, you know, that area. There was nothing.
0: Did they have an agenda of, like, daily activities?
1: I believe at that time they did have – they went over a little bit of, like, the day-to-day activities. And it was things like they they were like, uh, oh, yeah, it's like – home-cooked chef meals every day and it's like how does it help you heal (laughs) you know and and then they said you get a makeover (laughs) And, and um you um do yoga and then you do uh you do this activity which it has a specific name, but I can't remember what it's called. It's you get this like I think it's like a Japanese bowl and you break it and then you like glue it back together and it's supposed to like help you heal.
0: And this, this is four
1: <laughs> days there's not
0: anything that's ongoing. It's just like you get in for four days and boom, you're healed.
1: Yeah, and um every single person that had anything to say about the unique uh, foundation and their experience there, it was life changing and they are 100% healed. And so once I noticed that there wasn't a lot of information on their website, it kind of raised a red flag for me. And I just got this like bad feeling in my stomach about it. So took myself to google and i googled the shit out of the unique foundation for the oh. and um the more i researched the unique foundation the more questions i had it just there was just there was just no information about it there's just nothing, and so I started, you know, uh, like all they talked about was um, the unique CEO. Okay.
0: You, you were cut out that like okay. entire time. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. So, um,
1: I don't remember what we were talking about. Um, I think, um, the website or going to Google. Okay. Okay. So I um, went to Google and um, I started doing some major digging and you know, the more I looked into it, the more questions I had. And I'm big on like trusting your instincts because Mm -hmm. I don't think my instincts have ever been wrong. I don't always listen to them, but <laughs> uh, they're never wrong. And I just had this weird gut feeling about something, and then I came across this article, um, which uh, which was uh, they're no longer anti MLM advocates, but they were at the time. They did a lot of really good uh, blog posts on unique in their foundation and they are called timeless of V and I came across this article about the unique foundation and, um, the owner's religious background. And so I read a lot about that article and there was a lot of comments on there from, uh, people too, a lot of interesting comments. Um, and so that really opened up my eyes. And and so the,
0: the religious background of the founders of Unique, it's Mormon, isn't that
1: right? Yes, it was. Okay. It was an art. The article was all about the founders being Mormon. Um, I'm trying to be careful and not um, offend any Mormons. Um, so I'm trying to be careful with my words. Um, but they really went into detail about, you know what the Mormon religion is like, and I didn't, I knew enough about the Mormon religion to be put off when I found out that uh, the owners are very Mormon and that really just, it just didn't sit right with me and They uh, talked about the Unique Foundation as well, and I believe one of the blog posts that I've read by these same people, they talked about this, um, every year they would um, make a kudos bundle devoted Mm -hmm. to you. Can you hear me? Yeah, Um, devoted to what? Um, Every year they would make a kudos bundle Devoted to the Unique Foundation. It was like a special, you know, like glorified, looked like it was covered in gold and glistening (laughs) um, little bundle. And um, they said that um, all proceeds um, from the sales of it would go to Unique Foundation. Well, Timeless V was, they were really good at researching stuff within Unique. And They ended up finding out that none of the proceeds from this specific bundle um, is either in 2016, I think. um, None of it went to the Unique Foundation. And where did it go? The CEO's pocket. (laughs) So it was
0: they were falsifying, saying that proceeds were going to this foundation. And in reality, they weren't. That's what allegedly occurred.
1: Yeah, so I found that out and I mean, they backed everything up they said with like credible sources and proof and screenshots and their posts were just very well done and thorough. And so I decided that I didn't want to work for Unique anymore. And so I quit the next day.
0: What kind of fallout happened to you? But, but first of all, how long were you there with Unique? Because you joined in 2017.
1: Yeah. Were I you joined... there? Three months,
0: six months, nine months, a year? It was, it was
1: about six months, five okay. to six months. So it wasn't horribly long, long enough for it to mess me up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I... Uh, and then after I found, after I got done reading um, that blog, I came across um, Albo's blog, mm-hmm. and she had a lot of. I mean, you've read her blog; it's it's good, it's really good. She talks about her punique tales and she talks about the Unique Foundation, a lot of stuff, and um, what she wrote just really. I just could really resonate with it. And so I ended up commenting on one of her posts and she like she like immediately messaged me. And she was like she was like so incredibly nice and like welcoming and friendly and like she wasn't there to judge me. And I was just like hey I'm still active at Unique but um I can be a spy. <laughs> And she's like, "Oh, that would be awesome!" So I kind of stayed. I I've, I kind of ghosted my way out of Unique, but you stay active as a presenter for I think like three months. So I took advantage of those three months. In also, what way? Um, I was still in all of their Facebook groups, so I had access to everything in those, and you know, lives with the CEO, and and then I kind of strung my um, uplines along a little bit, I guess. And which I didn't do for very long, because I just, I can't do that, <laughs> to be honest, too. It, so that didn't last long, but um, so I just kind of quietly stayed in the group. <laughs> And, like, got all these screenshots and weird, weird information. And it was just, like, after I talked to Elbow, my perspective and views on everything completely changed. It was, like, I just woke up. I woke up. And I saw things in a completely different light. I was, like, wow. I saw things, like, in this perfect, like, amazing, oh, my gosh, our CEO is, like you know, heaven sense. Infallible, and, unquestionable. Yeah. And boy, did he know how to uh, play the little act too. Ooh. um, Yeah. And it, that just what I read and talking to Al that just really woke me up.
0: Can you give an example of something of whether it's a live, a post of something of like how you would have seen it before versus like now you've woken up? How did you see it after you woke up?
1: Um, A small example would be, I realized that they, they always claimed and everyone claimed that they were cruelty free. And I found out that that wasn't true from Elle's blog, and I've really started to notice that they actually didn't have, like, it claimed anywhere on any of their products or their website or anything. And then if you asked Unique, like on Facebook or Facebook Messenger, they would say, although we don't test our products on animals, and we're confident that our product manufacturers do not we have not pursued formal certification at this time. I have it memorized because I trolled them so many <laughs> times to ask them. Uh, but yet yeah, the, the
0: the different presenters would say they're cruelty free, even though they were not certified as that. But they were they were told to say they were sort cert- of cruelty free, is that it? Yeah,
1: and I actually found a screenshot in the presenters only private Facebook group of the CEO, Derek, saying we are not cruelty-free and we will at one point be pursuing cruelty-free status, but go ahead and tell everyone that we're cruelty-free.
0: Wow, do you still have that?
1: I do. I have a lot of screenshots still. <laughs> <Yeah>. I saved <laughs> Will I'm... you send that to me so I can pop that up? Oh, absolutely, I'll, uh, I'll send you a few things. Cool. Um,
0: you know, I think it's so very interesting of how when you're a hun, because I'm I'm speaking using my mindset as being having been a beachbody hun, mm-hmm. of like how you perceived things when you were fully indoctrinated, whether or not you were quote, building the business, but it's the language, the mindset, the all of the different things are going on simultaneously. And How it all seems so completely believable and completely normal to you, yeah, absolutely. And then you get on the other side, and it's like WTF, you know, it's like it just all of a sudden appears so different. It's almost as if there's um, like gauze in front of you, and you're looking through gauze, yeah. and now finally you can see again,
1: yeah. Um, for example, um, while I was with Unique and still brainwashed, I bought every single one of their products
0: so it was like self-consumption you may not have been recruiting people but with you buying those products that was helping your upline i'm presuming with like volume points or something that she benefited
1: yeah it was definitely helping my upline and then it makes absolutely zero sense now But, like, with every purchase, I'd get, like, a commission back from it. And I was like, oh, I'm making money. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait.
0: Hold the phone. You make (laughs) commissions from your
1: own purchase?
0: Yeah. Okay. Three
1: hours after every sale.
0: (laughs) Okay. I do have to laugh because I have seen Unique House. Like, we get paid every three hours. And I'm thinking... Mm -hmm. Who gives a flying, you know, monkey's butt? I mean, what is that? So basically you buy something and you're getting money back. It's like, okay, so you get a discount of some sort. It's essentially
1: you're... a discount, but it feels like you're getting paid.
0: <laughs> so you think you're getting paid even though you're not. So so, how much were you being paid? How much were you being, you know, get like 25%, 30 cents? You know, like how much back would you get at what percentage?
1: Um, It was 25%, I believe.
0: Okay. So in in effect, you're getting, you're paying full price for for the products and then receiving 25% off. So you had a 25% off discount. That was not immediate. That was later a delayed discount. And then it seemed as if like, oh, look, I'm getting money because I'm getting
1: the money from the discount. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it would, at the end of the, like the, um, besides paying your commissions from selling products, the uh, the money that you get from your downline and, you know, bonuses and all that, they would pay once a month. And so you'd get a statement um, at the end of the 30 days and personal sales would be listed under like commissions. So it looks like you're making money. But, but it's you're your buying the product. T- yeah, exactly. It's
0: everything you bought. Yeah. And then your commission's off of the okay that is I did not know any of that that is really <laughs> talk about a shell game there I mean yeah. you know smoke and mirrors holy I didn't realize it worked that way nobody had ever explained it to me in that way
1: oh. and
0: nothing that I had read did it did it sound like that's what was going on so yeah that's jacked up <laughs> <laughs> um, is that one reason in your opinion, why some people will stay because they feel like they're making something or that they're, they're somehow, you know,
1: yeah, absolutely the
0: cycle of like, yeah. look, I've, m- I've made all these sales and look, I've made money.
1: Yeah. It's a, t- it's a total like mind game, like just warping your mind into believing that you are, you know, making money you're making something you're not losing money but in reality you are i ended up losing uh i was probably in the whole fifteen hundred dollars um which is not bad compared to countless stories i've heard i consider yeah, myself lucky,
0: and that's only six a so imagine if you had been in there a year two years, yeah. three years, four years. Are there people, do you know of people who have been with Unique one year, two years, three years, four years, where they're not really, quote, advancing with people underneath them? It's all this illusion that they're making money based on their own sales of their, their own products that they're buying for themselves.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely.
0: Would you say that there is a... um a market for unique products outside of the unique bubble of the presenters? Do people, are they in demand for people like, Oh, I just can't wait to get me some unique products or oh, is that hell all no. in it?
1: No, no one wanted anything to do with uh, any product. I actually would try giving them away for free. Like I would buy them, make personal purchases and then I would try and do some little like trivia or something on my Facebook. And literally, I'm not, I'm not even joking. I couldn't give them away. People wanted my nothing heart. to do with it. They didn't even want a free product.
0: <laughs> well, you know, that's not unlike my Beachbody experience, you know, but you, you believe that is the best thing since sliced bread because you are told that over and over and over and over again, and it becomes a reality.
1: Yeah. Definitely.
0: Wow. So, okay, now I'm really curious about, okay, so you realize this foundation is just a big old bucket of poop.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, the
0: products are a big old bucket of poop. Now, yes. how did you become involved in the anti-MLM movement? What, what made you go like, okay, you know what, I've got to do something. How did you find the movement? How did you join? And tell me about that.
1: Um, I found the movement through Elbow definitely. Uh, she she really um, she highly suggested that um, I become part of the anti-MLM movement, and um, she she thought that you know I had a you know fearless voice, and I would be you know great at advocating you know in the anti-MLM movement and sounded like a good time to me and I at that point I was kind of mad at unique for like lying to me about cruelty free status and the whole unique foundation I was really especially the unique foundation I I just you know I was pretty sour about that and so she just highly suggested that I you know join it and so I just kind of ended up falling into it because I was kind of spying in the group Facebook group still and so it just kind of all fell in together and I just I just automatically just fell right into it and yeah that's how that's how I got in and uh I'm still there (laughs) did you did you catch
0: any fallout from anybody um within the unique bubble like once you started speaking out were people like basically um you know bashing you in some way bullying you or doing things to try to squash your voice
1: um not my upline or my upline's upline none of the uh the presenters knew they didn't know that i was they they i'm sure they had heard of the mlm police but they didn't know it was me behind it I was very much so, um, you know, hidden behind my, my name at the time. So they did not know. What about
0: now? I, I'm presuming, you know, unique humbots are at least the ones that have been around for a while who are maybe at some higher ranks are aware of your existence and your involvement of speaking out against, you know, multi-level marketing.
1: Oh, yeah, they're absolutely aware. Um, especially the CEO, Derek, he's very much aware. And I'm pretty sure he hates my guts and I'm a huge pain in his ass. <laughs> and uh, he, him and his like top executive teams will like, they'll they'll like start, they, they haven't done that. They don't do this anymore, but they would start following me on Instagram and like just you know it was like borderline harassment a little bit like they would follow me really closely and like the unique foundation would just start following me on Instagram and it was was really weird and eerie and because at the time I didn't know if they knew who I was and Mm -hmm. but I so I was paranoid about it because I was still supposed to be attending the Unique Foundation. And uh, so you, you never did attend it, right? No, I did. No, no, you... no, I didn't, no. Because I didn't end up attending it. I did, did an uh, interview over the phone with them, which is, I, I don't really wanna go through it here because I feel like my memory isn't very good of the details on it, but it is on Elbow's blog. And uh, it wasn't a good experience, I'll say that much. It, it left me feeling, what's the word? Um... I can't think of the word. <laughs> a bad taste in your mouth? <laughs> More like a bad taste in my stomach. Like I felt kind of depressed after, wow. after talking to them. Like I had done something wrong, it just wow, it was just really weird. I well, I know that.
0: from what I've read, um, because I did some research, you know, this is when I first started getting into anti MLM stuff, and the foundation really sets poorly with me because I was sexually abused as a child. I was also mm-hmm. raped, I was, um, I think it was before I was eight, no, or I was 18, 17, or 18. Um, okay. and the fact that this thing is going on and that you it's like you have to have some kind of pristine life and have been, you know, really fine psychologically before you can even attend their retreat where they're going to heal you in four days. And just everything that I've read and come across, it just it's made my blood boil, having been a victim myself. Um okay, so, so my follow-up question to all that is now. In a perfect world, you and I would both go wave a magic wand and poof, people would stop joining MLMs. But that's not going to happen, you know, just magically. Yeah. What, if anything, is something you feel people can do to dissuade someone from joining Unique?
1: Well, I think that I think that people have an issue not an issue just I guess they they hear that unique has a charity and unique really touts this charity you know talks about it a lot and it's like you know big part of them and people want even like anti-MLMers they want to believe that they're doing something good for some victims it's helping some people and so they really feel torn because they they're like we know that Unique is a horrible company, or not company MLM, and but then are they? Maybe they're helping people, and so it's it's, it's tough. And I I had an issue with that for a while um, until I realized that their foundation is not good. Um, a couple of reasons why is because I have never not once and I've talked to a lot of people been able to find a person I can interview who attended the unique foundation that does not have ties to unique or um, the uh, unique CEOs family not one single person so in order because I wanted an unbiased interview
0: yeah. To attend as a treat, you need to be within the unique bubble. You need to be a unique presenter, at the very least. It's not like you don't
1: have to be a unique presenter. That's what they say. Um, But it's kind of like how how do like regular people hear about it? That that's what I was about. Like
0: like myself, the only reason I know about it is because of you know being an anti MLM. But it's not like they're doing a huge ad campaign to draw the public in to like, look what we're doing for, you know, sexual, sexually abused women. Now, I guess the only people who are doing that are the presenters themselves, putting this stuff out on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, what have you of like, and then you end up in your, still in within your own bubble, because as you're saying, you know, friends and family and people that you meet and all of that, no one's really all that interested in the product. It's only within the unique bubble. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's. And I I do want to say to anyone that, you know, has been sexually abused or knows someone close to them that has been sexually abused, and you want to believe that, you know, their charity retreat is, you know, they're doing something good with it. I myself remind myself that the people behind it are not good because, well, one, they sent me this cease and desist uh, along with a no trespassing order ever. (laughs) And then um, immediately followed by death threats.
0: You got, you received death threats?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And um, I received a couple of them and continued harassment from accounts um, to my personal Facebook for like six months afterwards. The only reason I, I got rid of these people from harassing me was because I deleted my Facebook.
0: Oh Wow. Do you have and screenshots of
1: those things? I do.
0: Wow.
1: I saved it all. It's buried in there, so yeah. I have to find it. But. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that that's the whole thing is that I think um,
0: even like the people at the top that they can present themselves in. For lack of, I just don't know another word to use. A whole, being wholesome in some way and doing good, and usually they have a mission, and that mission in some way is going to improve the world, help the world, help people, and their your you know your mission becomes that you're going to do that too. It all kind of like just dovetails into each other, but all of it is based. The entire business is based upon deception, and the person at the top of any one of these companies they know full well what they're doing. And they know that most people are not going to be making any kind of money. And anyone who is making any money, they're making it by themselves, deceiving other people and being willing to bring people in and to continue to deceive them.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you on that. Yeah. Wow,
0: you know, it's just a, an, another chapter in um, the world of um, MLM and being touched by one of these companies. And, you know, Mm. I just, these stories, you know, are, every story is unique and yet every story has very similar threads within it as well. You know, that's the thing I think that's so fascinating and also horrifying at the same time.
1: Yeah. They're so similar. People will talk about how the MLM that they are part of was the worst. Theirs is the worst for sure. And then the next person will go and say the same thing. But all our stories are so similar. Granted, there are a couple that are much worse and they've done extra dirty things. But I mean just in general they just we all have similar stories. Similar yeah. experiences for the most part. Yeah. You know, I, I think I mentioned
0: to you that I've been in conversations with Chris Shelton. Um, did I tell you about that? Yeah. Okay. And one of the things that I did post it on Instagram and how he's just like, you know, of all the, all the destructive cults, multi-level marketing to him is like, looks like it's the worst, you know? And it's like, he has talked wow. to a lot of people in a lot of different cults. And when I saw that, I'm like, yeah, because it's, I just take it back to there's so many different things facets of this of it working on you you know i mean and and in some ways i mean i i see people um some people who are using religion as um a hun bot you know they're drawing people in because it's, they're faith-based yeah. or whatever but yet what they're doing is deceptive and i don't know if they are I, I think there are some that are unaware that they're being deceptive because they have you know, bought into the whole mythology that's being put in front of them. But I think you do reach a certain level um, of making money where you know full well that you're being deceptive. But I think there is this kind of like this balance between those who don't quite know and still believe and those like, oh, I got it. I know what we're doing, but I'm willing to do it.
1: Yeah, I I definitely believe that um all of the ones at the top of the unique pyramid are just they are completely aware of what they're doing and they're just they're just evil people. And it takes a a special person to um you know do something like that. You know, it just just not a good person.
0: Well, you know, in one of my um last videos I was talking about um the function of reciprocity and i talked about extended reciprocity because unlike a traditional religious cult there's not just one guru at the top because you have like say the ceo and like with beach body we had like the master trainers plus we had the super trainers plus you have all the people Mm -hmm. are on the stage but then you just have your you know your hun next door that was like my success partner that we were like at the same rank and all of that just served to further gets you to continue with the program, so to speak. You know, you just, you just stayed in it because of all of that. And you were willing to keep giving to something because you kept thinking you were getting more in return, even though you're not, it's very unbalanced.
1: Yeah. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. And um, there was somewhere I was going with that. I don't remember where I was going, but I went down a little trip trip there, (laughs) but uh, I, I just really think it goes back to a lot of these things where people are unaware of all of how all this is functioning now this morning I was watching um I think it was Hulu and I just caught the movie called experimenter and um, you may or may not be familiar with this um experiment but it's Stanley milligram and it had to do with um authority and like kind of coercion where somebody was like the teacher and the other person was the student and there's like a wall in between them and if the person made a mistake they were to deliver a shock to them are you familiar with that yes okay and I'm like I'm watching all of that going you know what all of that relates to everything within multi-level marketing because you keep being told to keep going even though you are being punished you still keep going because of the authority figure
1: yeah absolutely
0: Oh, this it's, is something else that I looked at it, multi-level marketing and the way it becomes the savior, the way they put the business model. And again, that goes back to being willing to keep giving more towards it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. Yeah, I do find it very interesting how, um, you know, they are legitimately called yeah. in yeah. every way um, and just how Say, say, uh, say Susie, Susie's sister joins an MLM and it's like day and night, complete change, like completely different person and just, and they'll cut you off like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're taught that if anybody isn't supporting you, then you don't need them in your life. You only need to surround yourself with positive people. Well, and have the right mindset.
1: Eric Worry loves to oh. talk about that.
0: Oh, a lot of those people that are on the fringe. And uh, that's a, that's another part of the problem are all of these fringe things is, as well as the multi-level marketing company itself and the coaching things that are associated with the, the courses, the masterminds. I mean, the list is endless. But and I think that's what um, Chris is beginning to see is that. It's not just one company or two companies or 500 companies. It gets compounded because you have these people offering courses, offering, you know, um, coaching things, offering all these different products, which supports keeping people trapped within multi-level marketing. Because it's like, well, you know what? This one thing, I think it's going to help. This is finally going to be it. They've got the system. I'll follow this system, and now I'll be able to make it. And the only person yeah. making money is that person you're paying
1: the money to. Exactly, yeah. but they
0: don't even see that. No, it takes, a, it takes a long time because it goes back to that you become a different person. You're yeah. not the same person you were when you started because it goes back to the, you know, the thought reform. Yeah. You are molded into th- to thinking a different way.
1: Yeah, it's very true.
0: Is there anything else that you would like to add? That you would like to tell people, or um, any kind of message you would like to give?
1: Oh, let's see. Uh, I think I want to say that um, it's time that everyone. Um, put on their big girl panties and uh, stepped up and go out there and speak out against MLMs and just just advocate for anti-MLM because the only way that we're gonna have change is by doing something about it.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, so get I, your I ass out there. Educate yourself. Start talking about it. And I'm just going to add, refocus your energy away from, you know, the hunbots and what they're doing. We all know what they're doing is is janky, it's uncomfortable, but they are doing it because that's what they believe they need to do. And I am talking about the lower level people. And I even don't want to focus on the higher up people because I really think it deflects from the overall problem.
1: Which is the business model. The,
0: the the structure, how the business is structured. And I, mm-hmm. you know, it is an, it's an endless um, chain of recruitment. It is an infinite level of marketing. And sometimes as an infinite level, it doesn't mean like down like that. It can just be uni level that goes on forever. You know, just yeah. like with like paid affiliates, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's a modified version of multi-level. I think that's something else is that I'm learning that there are businesses out there that aren't designed, particularly multi-level, but take that business model and kind of spin it a little bit. But in reality, it's doing the same kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I want to say thank you so very much for joining me and sharing your story. And I'm sure there's Mm -hmm. going to be another time that I'm going to want you to come back on because you have so much to add to the conversation with your experience um, of having been doing this for over two years.
1: (laughs) I can't believe I've been doing it that long.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, obviously it's like, it's something in you now, you know, it's in your blood to be an advocate, you know, and myself, you know, I've never really thought about myself like, Oh, that's what I bet. You know, I guess when you start speaking out, you're an activist, you're an advocate, you're, you know, someone that's willing to be a voice in, um, a very noisy world and also a world where these organizations and the people who are benefiting from them would prefer that we would all just go into that good night and just put it behind us. And that's exactly why we shouldn't put it behind us is because they're expecting us to do just that.
1: Yeah. The the worst thing that unique ever did was send those death threats because that lit a fire under my ass. Yeah. And now I'm, I'm like, I'm just, I'm out there and I, I will not I will not give up now. I just, they, they've really uh, didn't do themselves any favors by doing that.
0: Yeah, it, it's funny because you know, some things that have happened to me that when someone um, does that, that all of a sudden, I mean, not everybody's going to respond in that way, but I certainly have, it's like, oh, you expect me to be quiet, I'll just keep going.
1: Yeah. It's like, well, now I'm going to speak even louder. <laughs>
0: exactly. Exactly. It's like, cause now you made me mad. you know. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I just
0: thought I was mad, but now I'm really mad. <laughs> now I'm pissed. <laughs> exactly. Well, Courtney, thank you so very much. Um, and I mean, yeah. I know I'll be talking to you and I'll be asking you to come back on and hopefully you'll be gracious enough to accept.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: And I want to say thank you so very much for your work. I'm so glad that you're out there. I'm so very glad that we connected. And um, I'm, I'm glad you're out there fighting for, you know, what's right to, and helping people see that this structure is destructive.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you saying that.
0: You're welcome. All right. I will talk to
1: you later. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with the MLM police or Courtney. I will leave links to her socials in the description. If you enjoy this type of content, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And also make sure you give the video a thumbs up. And if you have a comment, leave that as well. I really appreciate the time that you spend with me. And remember, change starts now.